and welcome to Episode 7 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mark Hodgkin, uh, about to be joined by Kevin DeShazo. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, a real cornerstone uh, part of leadership, and that is um, influence. How do you gain influence? How do you build your influence? And influence comes in to a lot of different aspects in, in your professional life, everything from managing down to people who work for you to managing across to people who work you know, in the same organization as you to managing up people who, uh, who you may be reporting to. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about how to, how to build your influence, how to think about your influence, the things that go into having influence. So to talk a little bit more about the, the influence model, as we will call it, those questions that people will ask as you're trying to establish credibility in an organization. Do I like this person? Does this person, uh, is there, are they credible? Are they competent? I'm going to kick it over to Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing? Mark, I'm doing fantastic. I'm in New Jersey uh, as we speak, spending a couple days with Seton Hall uh, Athletics Department, talking social media with their their athletes and their staff. So I'm actually uh, doing this podcast in in my hotel room, which is fun before I head back over to campus. And I, and I love this topic of influence because influence is, is is what leadership is, right? We can't lead people if we don't have influence. Not I don't want to say influence over them, but influence with them. Um, and really, all influence is the ability to to impact someone to have an effect on the way they act, on the way they feel. And, and influence is, is power. Uh, that's where, again, true leadership actually comes from having influence with someone. And, and, and the way you build influence, we have what we call the influence model. We'll put this up on the notes page on, on your website. I'll try to put this up on the Fieldhouse Leadership uh, website and blog as well. Uh, but people are, are asking, whenever you meet someone, uh, and again, this isn't always out loud, but they're asking themselves, do I trust you? Um, and we have this influence model, this, this visual tool, um, and what trust really comes from is they're asking themselves four, four questions around the idea of character, chemistry, competency, and credibility. And so when they're, they're asking about character, they're saying, do I trust you? Are, a, are you a person of integrity? Can I trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do? When it comes to chemistry, they're asking, do I, do I actually like you? Do I, do I want to spend time with you? Do I have a connection with you? Do I enjoy being around you? On the competency level, uh, are, are you actually competent? Um, do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're talking about? Are you confident in that competence? Like, do you know that you know what you're doing? Are you willing to speak up uh, about your expertise, about your knowledge? Um, and do you have a proven track record of success? Can you show me that you've done this in the past, that you aren't just talking about these crazy ideas? And then credibility. Can you take this, this competence, understand my situation, and actually help me achieve what I'm trying to achieve? And so those are the four questions that people are, are asking internally whenever they meet you. Um, if we have those four things, then we have influence. We can, we can start to, to um, establish a relationship with someone. We can start to impact the way they think, the way they act. We can actually show that we are, we are for them, develop this relationship, develop influence, uh, which can lead to impact. And it's really interesting, you know, based on kind of the way we're wired, we all have, have barriers to this. So some of us, so, so for me, I'm naturally good um, at building a connection with people. Uh, just my personality, I, I enjoy meeting new people. Uh, it's easy to establish a relationship pretty quickly. Um, the competency and credibility, I'm pretty decent at. Those are, those are some areas that I, that I certainly need to work on because my nature is to kind of be a dreamer, a talker, um, but making sure I follow that up is it, it can undermine my influence if, if I'm not intentional. But these, these four C's are, are really crucial when we talk about developing influence. Uh, but again, we all have a, a certain area that's a, that's a barrier that we'll just call it a red light um, that prevents us from establishing that trust, that prevents us from establishing that, that influence. And so what, is, what has that been 
you know, we, we've walked through some of this stuff over the past year. What have you realized for you that you're maybe naturally good at when it comes to, to building influence uh, and what may be a barrier for you as you're, as you're developing relationships with people? Yeah, you know, we've talked about a lot um, on these previous episodes about kind of knowing yourself and understanding yourself, taking a real hard look at what you are as a person. And we talked a little bit about how people are wired based on, you know, the personality uh, traits. And I tend to be more introverted, more of a thinker. Um, so it becomes uh, kind of a more logical, details-oriented planner type person as opposed to you, Kevin, that I know we've talked about are kind of the, the visionary, somebody who has a lot of ideas, you know, is naturally good with uh, with talking to people and developing rapport. You know, I have friends in the business. I feel like I develop good relationships, but that's probably not my, as we're talking about right hand, that's not my primary uh, strength. So for me, I think I've always had a lot more success um, initially establishing kind of that competency and credibility. I'm somebody who's going to be working hard. I'm in the office early. I'm professional. I understand where um, things are going. If I have deadlines or projects, you know, I'm, I'm good at hitting them. I think people see that right away. And if they have an initial impression of me, it's probably that, okay, he might be a little bit quiet, but he seems to know his stuff. He seems to be serious. He seems to be working on this. Um, I've always had people in my professional career kind of think maybe I was a little bit older than I, than I am. So for me, the, the two, the two last seeds, the competency and the credibility have usually been a little bit easier. And I've realized I've had to make more of a commitment to those first two, those personality based as character and chemistry. For me, those have been kind of the struggles. I know Kev, you're wired much different than me. How does, uh, how's this kind of shaken out for you and your professional career? Yeah, I've, I've realized looking back, you know, as I, as I work through this influence model, and I mentioned earlier, chemistry is, is kind of naturally an easy one for me with, with my voice being, being the connector voice. Um, we'll do five voices at, at a later time on our podcast. You guys are welcome to go to fivevoices.com to do kind of a quick assessment to learn your voice um, because each voice has natural strengths and weaknesses within this influence model. Um, but chemistry was, it has always been an easy one for me. If you, if you put everything on like, you know, green, yellow, red scale, competency has always been a yellow. I've, I've generally been good at things. It's having the discipline to be great at things. Um, so that's kind of, that's a, it's a kind of a, a lower level barrier, so to speak. It's, it's, it's not red, but it's a yellow for me. Credibility, kind of a greenish yellow, which again is just having the discipline um, to not talk about these ideas that I have, but to make them relevant to the person I'm sitting across from. How, how can I actually make it, make it relevant and meaningful for them to, to help them develop a plan and a solution moving forward, um, to help them actually know that I'm for them, not just all about me and these crazy ideas that I have. My biggest barrier though, and this is a huge aha kind of eye-opener for me, was that, that character is kind of a red-yellow. And, and when I'm talking about these colors, what I'm meaning is for the people on the other side of me. How are they, how, how are they determining character chemistry competency and credibility for me. And I didn't realize that by my nature of being a dreamer and talking about that out loud, that I'm actually undermining my influence and, and hurting my character because I talk about a lot of ideas and I don't generally have plans to actually do those ideas. I just talk about them a lot. What I didn't realize is that people, when they hear me talk about them, they're hearing me commit to doing those things. And then when I don't do it, their trust in me goes down. Well, he said he was going to do this and he, he didn't do it at all. He didn't even apologize for not doing it. Well, in my mind, I never committed to doing it. I was just talking out loud because that's what I do. I extrovert ideas. So I've had to work on this uh, being disciplined in my communication so that people uh, don't hear me incorrectly. And, and I end up unintentionally undermining my influence. And so we have another tool that we use. Uh, it's called provision plan promise. And I've started using this in my house with my wife because she hears, she's one of those people. She hears me, what comes out of my mouth, she hears me committing to do that when most of the time I'm not. 
So this idea with provision plan promises, if I'm just talking out loud, say, hey, this is all provisional right now. I'm not committing to anything, just, just brainstorming. You can probably even ignore me if you want to. That's okay. Just let me get this stuff out. But don't, don't write it down. Don't feel like it's set in stone. Don't panic about it. Don't make plans around it. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. Then if it's a plan, say, okay, this is where we're probably going to go. This is, this is the direction I think we're going to be heading. It could change. Uh, but this is our general plan. So now, now maybe start dialing in a little bit more, uh, maybe asking some questions, uh, and then promise, okay, this is what I'm actually going to do. And this is when I'm going to do it. This is what you can hold me accountable for. Don't hold me accountable for what I said during provisional and really not even the plan, because again, the plan could change. Hold me accountable for what I promised to do. Uh, and so that's, that's created this common language. Now it, it, it removes... Uh, misinformation, it removes miscommunication, it removes drama and these unintended consequences. So I can start to raise my level of influence because people know that what I'm committing to do, and then I can actually follow, follow through on that, which again, builds, builds influence, builds relationship. Uh, at the end of the day, it's too many of us seek opportunity first. It's always relationship before opportunity. So if we're, we're, if we're going to have an ask of someone, we have to build that relationship first. We have to show they can trust us that they like us, that we're competent, we're credible before we move into any kind of opportunity. Yeah. What do you see when you're on campus, um, you know, talking to some athletics departments and, and the, the kind of people that maybe rise to leadership positions um, in our industry, college sports, where do you think this could kind of apply most to them? Where do you see the leaders, maybe whether that's athletics directors or department heads, you know, which of the forces do you think you see most often as strengths and which of the ones you think most people need to button up a little bit and improve on? That's a great question, and, I, and I'm going to be generalizing, of course. The two um, kind of voices that I think are, are really represented in, in college athletics, and this is fairly true of, of the corporate world as well, are the pioneer and the guardian. And a pioneer would be someone who's the strategic visionary thinker, I think a military general. They know what the future looks like, and they know how to create it. And what tends to happen with them, because they're so focused on the vision and on, on winning, that they tend to forget about, about the people. So the area they're going to be really strong in. So when you think again about a pioneer, they're the strategic visionary thinker. The area they're going to be really strong in is competence. Everyone knows uh, that this person is good at what they do. And they're extremely confident in their competence because they're not afraid to tell you. Again, they're, they're generally extroverted um, visionary thinkers. They're also um, generally very credible because they know where the future is going. They know how to create it. They can create plans that help people win, that helps the department win. The areas where a pioneer is going to tend to struggle, and if you're familiar with, with Myers-Briggs language, it's going to be an ENTJ or an ENTP. It's mostly the focus on extroverted NT, on the, on the middle two letters. The, the areas they're going to struggle, the, the big one is character. Do I trust you? Do I trust that you're actually for me? Or is this plan, is this future that you're creating just for your own benefit? Am I just kind of a piece on your chessboard? Uh, that, that you're moving around for your own benefit. Can I trust that you are for me? And then chemistry, do I actually like you? Do I like being around you? You're good at what you do. And, and I know that you're going you're gonna to get us to the promised land, so to speak, that this, this vision will come to life. But do I actually want to be along this journey with you? Are you a leader worth following? Right? Am I showing up because I have to, or am I showing up because I, I actually like being around you and I like not only the vision, but how you're going to empower all of us along the way. So that's the, the struggle for a, uh, for a pioneer voice, which is only uh, it's just a small percentage of voices. Are, people are the, are the pioneer voice, uh, but they're extremely overrepresented in the, in the um, CEO, athletic director 
type space in, in that chair. Then with Guardian would be the other one, which is interesting because it's, it's the opposite of a pioneer and that it's very strategic, uh, logical thinker, but it's all about what needs to be done today. So they see the problems, they see the stresses, they see the, the things that are happening in the department, in the, in the world today, and know this is what has to be done. And so for a guardian, uh, which again is, is your natural voice character, not a problem. Do I trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do? Absolutely. Because loyalty, commitment, that, that trust factor is a huge thing for a guardian. They, they put a lot of their identity in, in people trusting that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Competency, again, not a problem extremely competent. They will get the work done. They'll get it done on time. They'll get it done really, really well. They won't play until the work is done. Credibility is going to be kind of a yellow. Again, can you, you're so focused on right now, can you help me develop a plan for the future? You know, can you use your, your, your left hand, so to speak, and see where we're going? Um, that's not a natural strength for, for a guardian. The biggest piece for, for leaders in athletics who are of this voice is the chemistry piece. Like we, we know that you've got a plan. We know that you're going to do what you say you're going to do, but do I actually like being around you? It's not enough that you're good at your job. Do I, do you care about me? Do I want to be around you? Do I want to spend time with you? You know, that, that old saying is that people don't, don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. So that's a huge thing for a guardian. And it's not because they're jerks. That's just not their, their mindset. They're thinking about what needs to be done, not about how it impacts people, not about making those personal connections, but they can raise their level of influence if they learn to do those things. Yeah, and you bring up a good point of being able to, to really ask some hard questions about the areas that you're strong in, which you have to build on and are important, but also the areas that are you know holding us back. And, and I've had some experience with this, and we're talking about the, the chemistry side and making sure people know that um, you see people around you or people that work for you as part of the um, the success of, of yourself and your organization. And, um, you know, I'd certainly have struggled with this in my career, not because I didn't care about people around me and didn't want them to succeed, but because, you know, that was just a blind spot for me. And that was an area that I was putting a lot of my effort into other places, um, trying to build on my strengths, um, had a lot of success with that, but also, um, you know, realizing that at the end of the day, you need to at least get all these areas up until to a passable level, because if they're, um, you know, real, a real weak point, they can, they can certainly hold you back. And that's a huge point. And that a lot of leadership development, leadership programs, leadership speakers, it's all about, Hey, ignore your weaknesses. Just focus on your strengths. Uh, Do what you're good at, make that where you live. And, and certainly you want to spend most of your time living out of, out of, you know, again, what we would say is your right hand out of your strengths, because that's going to be most natural for you. But if we don't ignore, if we, if we ignore our weaknesses, especially around this idea of, of building influence, that's what's going to constantly uh, undermine our influence, undermine our leadership. So for me, again, if I just focus on building relationships with people and connecting with people, that's great. But if I ignore the fact that, that I have a tendency to not follow through on what people think that I'm committing to, I'm going to be undermining my influence and, and destroying my trust at every single turn. And I can't just say, well, I'm just not good at that. You know, that's just a weakness for me. I'm just going to focus on, on my strengths. And so I, that will never be, you know, a 10 out of 10 for me. But if I can clear up my communication and make sure they understand me uh, clearly, I can take that from maybe a 2 out of 10 to a 5 out of 10, which raises my level, their level of trust in me, which raises my influence, uh, which unlocks all sorts of doors. If we can have true influence with people, then again, a lot of things can happen. They, they trust us. They want to they work for us. They want to be on teams with us. They want to support us. Uh, because we've shown the same for them. And we, so we have, to, we have to work on our weaknesses and make sure that those are, are not a liability. Those will be the things that will take us out if we're not careful. So another big piece of this is this idea of self-preservation. Once we've established 
um, and worked on these four C's in an interaction. It's fighting through what we call the wall of self-preservation to actually establish true relationships so that we can have influence. And there are several things that, that cause us to have this wall of self-preservation. And we're going to address that, uh, this idea of self-preservation in, in our next episode, in episode eight. So I hope you tune in for that. Uh, but Mark, as, as we wrap this up, what is your kind of one thing, one thought for the day that we can leave for our listeners? I think this is a great conversation and definitely one we need to talk about. And, and we, we will talk about kind of the difference of taking kind of a transaction uh, to, a, to a relationship status. And I think that's, that's uh, important. But my one thing for this week is actually an app. We're through January now and into the new year well. And I'm not a big fan of uh, New Year's resolutions per se, but I am a big fan of habits. So I have an app that I've been using for a better part of the last year that I, I would strongly recommend people check out and getting um, in building routines. And it's called uh, Way of Life. And it's an app that you basically put in things that you either do want to do each day or want to avoid. Um, so I come up, I have about 10 things a day um, that are positive habits, whether it's, you know, working out to, um, to doing some journaling, to, um, you know, taking my vitamins or whatever. So you build these things and you have a little scorecard right in the app. It reminds you to, to log them. Um, you see it very visually. It helps me as kind of somebody who likes to kind of keep their own score. Um, so I think that's a neat, uh, a neat app and I encourage you guys to check it out um, again called way of life. So that is my uh, one thing for this week. Very cool. I love it. And again, this idea we've, we've talked about over and over and we'll continue to talk about because we don't get better. We don't improve accidentally. Right. So I love that you're being intentional and having an app uh, that, that kind of directs your, your thoughts and activities throughout the day towards things that will make you better. Again, it's easy to get distracted by our to-do list, but there are certain things if we want to get better, we have to know how to get better Then we have to actually do and execute on those things. So I, I love that idea. Thank you guys for listening to episode seven of the sports leadership podcast. If you like it, would love if you would give us a rating or a review on iTunes, share it with your friends, give us feedback on social media, shoot us an email, let us know what you want to hear from us, how we can make it better. Again, we're here to serve the, the, the athletics community, uh, the sports community as it relates to social media and leadership. So thank you guys again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.